What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 1st. Man, we're in September. And you have found a Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Swaski, aka 31st. The, the <laughs> show comes out the next day, Mitch. I'm talking about the live people. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad, you people listening. What I'm Spotify. Like what a jacket. I'm going to see myself out. This is one of those rookie moments. He goes away for a week. Right. Comes back. <laughs> That's the whole rundown. Three, two, <laughs> one. What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 1st, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swatsky, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I am not editing that out. That is all staying in. <laughs> <laughs> the good Reverend K. Fitz. Just me. Staying out of White Sox business. You already said the team name once, bud. Oh, shit. And oh, the rookie, failed. NASCAR Mitch. That was a rookie mistake there. I ain't going to lie. Yes. On, on a veteran team like this, you get bad for mistakes <laughs> like this. This ain't no Tony LaRusso squad. Oh, man. Do we have a lot to talk about, and none of it's good. Uh, White Sox stink. Apparently, Tony's house stinks. Uh, Lance Lynn had a no-hitter until he just gave up a solo shot to Bobby Wood Jr. right when we were doing the intro. Um, I mean, yeah. Mitch, what did you say? Setting the tone. Like, setting, <laughs> setting the tone, boys. So we're just going to dive right into everything. Uh, as always, if you're joining us live, please get in the comment section. If you are listening to us the next day, please like uh, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate all the love. Uh, let's have this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a as always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you're downloading the app, turning on push notifications so you can see all the great stories that Eric Lambert and crew write about the Chicago Bears, Sports Mockery, and sportsmockery.com. All right, so I guess we just got to talk about the, the biggest news story right now in White Sox land is uh, – so Tony Larusa missed the game with the team on Tuesday night, um, and we didn't really know what was going on. It was just they said after visiting with doctors for health reasons, and then they would provide an update uh, Wednesday before the game. It was Wednesday before the game. We got an update that he is now out indefinitely, and he is on. He is back in Phoenix to see his personal doctors. So. There's a couple things here I'm going to say, and then, I, you know, we'll flip it over to you guys. But first and foremost, as we've said about a bunch of guys when they've gotten injured 
and you know all kind of, we've covered every kind of incident on this show we've been doing this show for that long we've you know sexual allegations fucking guys breaking their legs guys getting hurt whatever we've covered all okay and the one thing that i've remained consistent we've all remained consistent about through this whole thing is yes they are professional athletes or professional managers or whatever on that is their occupation but at the end of the day they're still a human being they're still someone's dad they're still someone's husband they're still someone's uncle they're still someone's something so for me i think it's really fucking weird that people are wishing death upon this man because he did not do well as a baseball manager say that out loud to yourself if you're one of those people yeah you kind of feel like an asshole and you should i mean I don't know that to me i just had to get that off my chest right away because you know what people are entitled to their opinion i know some people think it's funny some people whatever but like imagine if you're like tony larusa's nephew and you go on twitter and you see all these people like dancing because they think he's like almost dead that's kind of really fucked in my opinion I hope Tony nothing but the best in recovery. I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast that I do not agree with the job he did the second time around with the White Sox. That does not change. But I have this weird capability to separate my baseball fandom from being like just like a decent human being. But that's I don't know, maybe that's but so I don't know. I'm just gonna before I go out, I can probably talk about this for like an hour. So uh I it sucks. Uh, we wish Tony the best. You know, hopefully he can have full recovery. I also think this is a pretty good indication that Tony LaRusso's second stint with the White Sox is over. I don't see how he comes back from something like this. I also think they're, this is something that they've had to have known was very possible as a challenge when you hire a guy who left baseball almost 20 years ago because of health concerns. So 20 years and a pacemaker later, he gets back in the game. 10, 10 years. 10 years later, sorry. 10 years later, he gets back in the game on a team in a major city that is supposed to do well. That right away is going to give you health problems. You know what I mean? Like, that's rough. I mean, that's stressful for anybody. You know, I'm almost, I'm 38, I think. Yeah, carry the one. Yeah, I'm 38. So that would stress me out. But now you got this guy in there who he's done it all. He's seen it all twice and he should be handled. But at the end of the day, there's still pressure, man. When you hear 20,000 people chanting fire, Tony, like, I don't care if you're made of stone, that's still going to get to you. And you're going to feel that heat. And I got to imagine all of this coming together. It's just not good for the old ticker, man. And he's got a pacemaker and everything. Like, yeah, I think, I think Tony's days as a bullpen general have come to an end. Go ahead, Feds. What do you got? I mean, you pretty much said it all, man. I just, uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting that a kid's game could be taken so serious that you wish, you know, death, uh, the final, the eternal, the infinite end uh, on somebody because he didn't coach well on a baseball team that you root for or a sports team that you root for. And that, that right there is just, you know, people got to look themselves in the mirror every morning. And if people, if you can look yourself in the mirror in the morning and tell yourself you're a good human being, even though you've wished death and someone else's family member to leave this earth, then look around at the people that you love and ask yourself if you're okay with someone saying the same thing about those people as well. And, and you you hit on it. It's perfect. It's taking this shit way too serious. I can understand. Look, you cannot like how someone coaches. You cannot like how someone feels politically. But 
you don't wish death on other people. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I, I, you can wish death on bad guys or whatever if you think that that's. You know, I mean, I, I I struggled with even like even wishing death on the most hated people in the world. Like I just I don't feel that way. So this is a, a rough thing. It was kind of a weird weird to see too, and weird to see some pushback on it, but. In the end, you know, Tony Russo may not coach another game with the Chicago White Sox, um, and, you know, and, you know, but I just need to know. I'm just so curious what fans think. Like, what what do you think it's going to accomplish other than continually kicking the dirt onto the onto the grave of this White Sox season by going out there and 20,000 people booing their friend, you know, booing the team or holding up, hold, you know, sell the, sell the team signs? Do they think that that's going to somehow get the White Sox out of this funk and kick them into it? Or, or are they just ready to just give up with what? five games back with six games back with, you know, five weeks left to go in the season or whatever. How does that, how does that conducive to helping out and giving your team a home field advantage? It doesn't feel that way to me, but. This team is probably, and Mitch, I, I I know I'm a little bit older than you, but this is probably the most frustrating White Sox team I've ever watched. The, the level of expectation going into the season was so high. I'm sure if we played back, like just like any episode of this show like right before the season started i was like on cloud nine like i was flying i thought this was going to be an insane season i I think i think it was jason goff who tweeted during tuesday's tuesday night's game against the royals he's like (laughs) remember all the shit we were talking as white Sox fans." yeah and he's not wrong and i mean i know some i know a lot of people don't like jason i get that too and people were like who's we we all were we're all uh, yeah. guilty of it in some some aspect of it. You talk well, shit about this White Pakoda, which is usually pretty conservative with their projections, had him at 95 wins. Uh, and that tells you yeah. all you need to know. It's like two more. So, yeah, it's and it's look, just funny. Injuries happen. Dude, yeah. it, well, that's, that's the thing, too, is you, boot, you, you save the vitriol for guys that aren't hustling, that aren't playing the game right, the guys that aren't giving, their, you know, giving it out. You don't, you don't show, you save the vitriol for guys that are struggling. You're just kicking the dirt on that, like when it comes to that. So, like, it's what what you're saying with this is is you know, you know, it's okay to be it's okay to be upset. It, I, again, I say it for Cubs. You know, the Cubs used to be called you know really was the friendly confines, and it's no longer the friendly confines when the Cubs matter. There, people are terrible there too, and it's it it's it's we've gone away from just good. Hey, good hustle. You it didn't work out, but you're trying. Like, you'll you'll get them next time. Now it's I hate you. You suck. You're a horrible human. I want you dead because you didn't get move the runner over with a guy on third and less than two out. Or you know, guy. You know, it's gotten it's personal. It's gotten kind of weird. It's it is. <laughs> it's gotten kind of weird. <laughs> There's no better way to put it. It's gotten kind of weird, man. Is like it personal. Like it's a yeah. It's I, even just going back to the Tony Larusa point. Even if you don't like him as a manager, which I think most most Sox fans don't. Is that really how you wanted it to end? Like that's hmm. not satisfying for anyone. No, I want. Well, you would rather have them be healthy, finish up the season. The White Sox, you know, take some accountability, and you know, that would be the way to end his tenure. Not like this. No one wants to see it end like that. I totally agree, Mitch. And then I guess with that point, as the White Sox are still on this losing streak, losing streak in the. I mean, this is it for the season. Um, It gets you started to think, and I mean, we're already seeing it a lot on Twitter and stuff like that. People already are posting like. I would do this, this off season. And so I got a couple things to kind of liven up the show a little bit. <laughs> that, uh, I know where you're going with this. And by the way, Aldo and I have already been preparing for this game since April. What on what you would do for the white, change the white Sox. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about what we're doing in the off season. Well, yeah, just what you're doing in the off season. Cause like <laughs> planning for our off season. <laughs> literally in my head, I picture like there's two are the White Sox at home or on the road the last game of the season. That kind of indicates Ooh, let's see. Road, I believe. Okay, yeah, so it's in like San Diego, San isn't it? San Diego, yeah. Okay, so it's the top oh, of the ninth man. in San Diego. Everyone's nice and warm, having some beers, it's a nice day. So let's say Yasmani Grandal hits a shallow pop. No, no, no. They end the season three games at home against the Twins. Okay. AJ Pollock just hit a solo bomb. We're one to one. There you go. Okay. So, bottom of the ninth, uh, Yasmani Grandal hits a a weak dog dick pop out with runners in scoring position. Of course. And as the ball is entering the leather of the second baseman's mitt, Someone needs to be handing Frank Manichino his papers, <laughs> saying you are gone. Like it has to be like, like ball, mitt, papers, hand. Like boom, 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 boom. That's my first thing I'm doing. Well, the players aren't going to find out until it's posted on like Twitter. Right. Well, th- th- I'm getting to that as well. So after that's done, that just for me that needs to be the first thing done. Like right out the shoot. Like just get that out of the way. Just give us some kind of W to end the season. This organization needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror right now. It has been, to say it's been a shit show this year is like putting it nicely. The Tony Larusa news comes out and you have some of your star players saying, oh, I didn't know until I looked up at the scoreboard. Oh, I didn't know until I saw it on Twitter. Which, and- by the way. Andrew Vaughn definitely has burner accounts because I cannot find him on Twitter. So he definitely has burners. But go ahead, Mitch. Well, like not only that, like a bunch of the guys were talking after the game about like how scary it was. Cause like the fact they didn't address like anything to him, you're assuming the worst. Like most Sox fans are when you hear the 77 year old manager all of a sudden has to leave with health problems. Everyone's like, huh? I mean, is it a heart attack? Is it something serious? And so it's hard to focus on the game when you're worried about your manager the entire time. Like you would think, they would at least give him some sort of information before that happened or sit them all down. Like the fact that like everyone was finding out at different times is so concerning. I don't know. It just seemed well, it was brutal. It was weird. Well, yeah. That's not the first instance though, where shit like this has happened in this organization this year. They're putting the wrong players picture up with the names or the signature. What was it with Montgomery? Like that's top uh, to bottom yeah, kind of stuff. And like, Oh, yeah. I get it. Mistakes happen. But, like, this organization, I mean, from top to bottom, this organization needs to take a hard, I, in I'm, a perfect world, they just basically clean house and start new. Jerry ain't doing that, though. Well, and that's what, I'm so curious if they pay their employees what would be considered around the league, what everybody else gets, or if the White Sox, you know, kind of skirt even on that kind of part of it, and you're getting lesser talent people in those jobs, like in your PR department or your, mm-hmm. you know, what you know, you're not paying for too many, uh, you know, analytics people in your organization already at this point too. So like, you've got all these people that are doing these jobs, and maybe it's more a mom and pop than we really realize because of it, because of the size and scope of being pro baseball. But perhaps it's it is that mom and pop that that they're hiring, you know, interns to do things that aren't intern style jobs. And yeah, and five analytic people. Five. Right. Five. And initially five. that and that's why, like initially, when I was like because I was writing something about this earlier, I was thinking, like, okay, well, maybe you know, players are warming up. It was literally like within an hour before the game that the news came out. So maybe they couldn't get it out. But then you bring up all the other instances that they have bungled in the past, and like they lose all benefit of the doubt 
So you just assume they fucked this one up too because of everything else they have messed up in the past. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So here's my problem with a lot of these off-season plans that I'm already seeing. And I give people props for putting their shit out there because once you put something out there on Twitter, you're going to get like five immediate replies that says like, this is fucking terrible. Fuck you. Like, it's again, <laughs> it is brutal in the White Sox Twitter streets right it's now. Real you could say like, there. You could say like, oh, it's a nice sunny 72 degree day. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's like, it's like, okay, I gotcha. But I give people credit that are putting it out there. And Josh Nelson at Sox Machine, they do a great thing every offseason where people submit their offseason plans, uh, you know, and everybody reads them and comments. And that's always a lot of fun. You know, we did it on we did an episode where we put ours together and submitted it. We should do that again. But my problem is two things. One. People need to, I guess there needs to be more self-realization. Like, they're like, oh, trade this guy, go get the, do this, and then hire this guy and move it. Jerry ain't doing none of that shit. <laughs> it's like, guys, Jerry ain't doing none of that. And that, all this sell the team shit, I'm all for it. Like, I'm very pro Jerry not owning this team anymore. And I think that's actually closer to a reality than it's ever has been. But people also need to realize, watch how this angel sale goes down. Yep. It's not like going to the fucking store and buying a pack of smokes. Like this is like a two year process. Like it's not gonna happen like overnight. And the MLB does not want multiple teams for sale at the same time. And I think there's another team besides the Angels that also wanted to yeah, the Nationals Nationals. want to go for sale. So they'll be next in line. So even if he wanted to sell the team, which I don't think he does because he's openly admitted he likes the baseball team more than the well, he he likes the other way around. No, I I think he like he he cares about the White Sox more than he does. I thought he told his kids when I like, die, I think keep he the Bulls, sell the White Sox. I think he personally, he personally likes, likes the White Sox, oh, okay. the White Sox more. Okay. Baseball is his first love. So like, I don't think he's selling it anytime soon. And even if he wanted to, he's third on the list for owners that want to sell right. it. And like you said, it's a long process. There's not a whole yeah. lot of people that have like $40 million lying around. Probably right. more than that, honestly. My team, but yeah. <laughs> and you're also going to see a decline in the product on the field. Because well, during yeah. a sale, there's just another focus completely. And like man, what the Nationals did, dude. Okay. I mean, that, the, the Nationals are just terrible. But be careful what you wish for. So I wanted you. I wanted to ask you guys. So you know, all these, you know, already getting ready for the off season, off season plans. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him before, and like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you both, uh, Mitch and Zoe, you guys are both like more pro Han than against overall. This but at this point, powered me on him. But yeah, at this the, point, like, how the, much trust do you have that he's the guy to fix this shit? It. My faith in Han took a absolute fucking nosedive when they did nothing at the trade deadline this year. Yep. They, I mean, it, it's it, that's a really tough one to bounce back from. Mm-hmm. I still like I'll. I'm not even like hamming it up for the show or anything, but like it'll be like 10:30 at night. I'm getting ready to go to bed because I'm old balls, and I'm sitting outside having like one last fucking heater before I go to sleep, and it'll just like randomly hit me that I'll just be sitting there. I'll be like. They didn't make one good fucking trade at the deadline. Like it's still to this day, like it it just hits me in the back of the head. And that's a really tough one to get my trust. He's gonna have to like go out and like get Aaron Judge or something. Like it's gonna need to be like something fucking huge. <laughs> the one move he did make was to add a reliever with an ERA north of five right now for us. <laughs> so they don't even yeah. who's a lefty specialist that they're not even bringing in to get out left anyways. So- anyways, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> So number one is you need to be more in the realm of real. 
Number two, and I feel like I do this too. So I'm, you know, he without sin casts the first stone. I definitely do this too. But there seems to be like a group of like five names that White Sox fans are like clinging <laughs> on to as we're going to go get that guy. Like there's hundreds of other ball players out there, but it's like, oh, we're going to go get Montas or whatever the pitcher's name is. Like Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. Go get Frankie this offseason. It's like, bro, like it's a new offseason. There's new players available. Like it doesn't have to be what's the right fielder that at Conforto? Conforto's not Conforto's not fucking Otani. Like, yeah, let's Conforto get the guy that's like, coming off like, an injury that hasn't played in a year. He'll be much right. better than AJ Powell. Well, all we know Conforto's like in a little hut sniffing glue. Like, I don't know what the hell this guy's been doing for a whole year. There's a reason why he hasn't been picked up by any major league team. This is what we, this is uh, Puig all over again. We should go get Puig. Well, no, there's a reason why he's unemployed. And then we find out why he's still unemployed. And he's playing in, I think he's in Mexico now. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why Michael Conforto is unemployed. Like, so I keep seeing these lists of people, these early offseason moves. And it's like, go get Frankie Mata, sign Michael Conforto, trade this guy, do that. And it's like, well, there's like, thousands of other ball players they can choose from like you gotta gotta get off those like same five guys that is my biggest and so i've always been told since i was a little kid don't complain without offering a solution and unfortunately i don't have an off-season plan right now like i want to sit down and i really want to think this out because i'm seeing way too many people wanting to trade eloy eloy's been the best player on his team second half of the season uh, him and Jose Abreu ish. The other thing is, how are people so easy to be like, all right, we'll just let Jose walk? Is it that is all oh, that is? There are two things that <laughs> oh god, you, there are two things on White Sox Twitter that are like really, really annoying me. One is other people, oh, we should have brought back Carlos or not like that. Like, look, I know Carlos was good and all, and he's playing healthy this year, but that move yeah, actually made sense to me, like, because at the time he was always hurt. You had a solid five in the rotation. The starting pitching has really not been the problem this year. So it's like that that annoys me. And the Jose Abreu went, yeah, well, we got to let the big guy go. It's like he's he's been like an anomaly. He showed no signs of show, slowing down in his production. Now, the home run numbers have taken a slight dip this year. But he's the only guy that's been like a true professional all year. You have no complaints there. Great clubhouse guy. His production hasn't dipped at all, dipped at all and he's worked his ass off. So if there's anyone that deserves to be brought back at at least like a hometown discount or like, yeah, you pay a little bit more for him, it's Jose Abreu. Because what type of precedent are you setting if you let him watch? Question, question, question. Because I want to actually, Mitch, hold off on this. I want to hear from the two outsiders looking in. You are running the show. What do you offer Jose after the season? How old is he? 35? Uh, Let me be. We're all about facts in this show. So let me make sure I get his uh, birthday and time exact. I think his last contract was like three for 50 around that. Well, I know Alex isn't got, listening because he, he got, told me right away. He got 18 mil this year. The contract was 11 mil in 2020, 16 mil in 2021. He was born in 87. So that puts in him in January, so he's 35, 225 Jan- days. But it was January of 87. So he's turning 36. Yeah, his age 36 season. The production yeah. is still going strong, though. Two years, one with a club option. Yeah. 16 million. But I want to hear it from them. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hear it from them. I mean, yeah, like you By definitely way, have to go. You. you definitely have to go. Like you, you, no matter what, you have to like make it somewhat friendly to him, like give him that, whether it's like a one. I, I believe or, like, after that. two years, given give him the player option. Um, 
I mean, I mean, he's getting a little older, but you, he's been, he's carried your offense, which he shouldn't have to be. No, I, I like that number. I like that number, two for thirty-two, and then give him like a third-year option for like another fifteen million or something. I'm fine with that. I'm I'm yeah. very fine with that deal. Or just make it a one-year for like eighteen with the second-year option. If That's he's the thing. Like, that old. Well, I was gonna say like if you're okay, if you're Jose Abreu, right? You're looking because we've talked about it all this year. He's the one who busts his ass, right? He's like the guy who shows up. He wants to play every day. And I heard this talk at the I think the, after Tuesday's game with uh, Herb Lawrence on uh, CHGO. And they're talking about what if Jose Bay is like, hey guys, I know loyalty. I know Jerry said, hey, I'm going to be here for my life, but the team around me is not showing the same heart and hustle that I do. Yeah, I I'm ring, tired bro. of this shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yep. a real contender. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at him at all. I'm sure certain people would wish he would die, but I wouldn't be mad at him at all. I would be so, like, no, I, I agree. So Go like I think yourself. I think you have to like sweeten the pot with him a little. Like I don't I think if he I think if you were like, hey, here's a one year deal, he'd be like, fuck you, Rick. But also, <laughs> I I really think Jose is the type of guy, and we've seen this before, where he actually gives a fuck. Yeah. Like being in being on the White Sox like means something. Like that means yeah. Like and yeah, so that's, I think maybe maybe I think two for thirty two is like fair. I think as a show of goodwill, maybe you go like two for 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a little biased. He's like my, he's probably one of my favorite white Sox players well, of all time. So I'm a little, because, homer, of your, well, but, because of your age and stuff like that. Why wouldn't he be right? I mean, this he's is done, your guy, he's done everything you've asked of all. Um, he's been this like, only, exactly. Exactly. But like, you know what else like really impressed me with them? He's, he's led the team. He's, he's always healthy, which is a major problem. He's always there. He leads the team in games played. He's been excellent all year, and he's still like not happy with the way he's playing. He's like, "Yeah, I wish my RBI numbers were up." Like no, that's I, the type of leader you want. Like the exact you, quote you was, I didn't, "His exact quote is, yeah, I'm hitting 308, but I don't have enough home runs.'" Yeah. No. Go ahead, Vince. I see you keep leaning in. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm looking over his contract too, and I, I see a couple of things that are pretty interesting. I, I was unaware that his 2020 salary was deferred. Uh, he gets paid a million dollars every July from 2023 through 2026. And it depends on what the Sox really have to do this offseason where they've got to maybe, if they're strapped for cash and they're trying to pull back a little bit and at least they're not, maybe maybe to defer it or whatever to, to spend on somebody else or elsewhere in other spots. You could theoretically tack on more of a salary on there. But I mean, first off, you got to ask, what does Jose Abreu look for? What's the end game for him? Is when is he, what does he intend to stick around for? So if he's trying to stick around for three more seasons, that makes a difference. If he's only got two more in him, that obviously makes a difference. And that's that, you know, it that depends. But I agree with you on the player option. I think that you probably pay him heavier up front because of the performance is going to be good now. And you have obviously you so you front load the deal, whatever it is, you give the player option, and you also make it very tantalizing to have a back end of this contract in case you're maybe at an all-star break or a, a trade deadline, excuse me, and someone's looking for a rental, you can still sell them a pretty inexpensive contract for the rest of the season. And I'll tell you what. I wouldn't be mad if he left and went to a contender via free agency. If they trade him at the deadline, I would be mad. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like that's two and different, two very different things. Totally agree. But I don't think he will leave. Simply, I don't think it's in his personality. And you got to remember, like, he came out and said, like, look, I'll, if the White Sox don't want to sign me, I'll sign myself. And this is after he lived through the 2016 shit show. Like, people yep. think this season's bad. Like, the 2016 season was a soap opera, too, with the Adam LaRoche thing, got Matt Latos there. 
uh, Chris Sales Chris cutting Sale, up jerseys, yeah. Todd Frazier's Adam Eaton are fighting the dugout, and he's still, yeah, you know what? I want to come back. So if that didn't phase him, I don't think this will. I think he still wants to stay here. So I am not too worried about him. But like you said, like if he wanted, like, look, I want to play for a contender. Now what? God bless him. But like, yo, bro, I'm gonna go play in for the Dodgers for two yeah, years right, and yeah. call it a career. All right. And we saw it with Pujols. I mean, weird things happen. That's so cool. I love the Albert Pujols shit. I hope he hits 700. I know. Same. Same. Like, I, 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 like I would like if he if he was doing this with. Like the Baltimore Orioles, I would love it too. I know. No, and I get that. I get that. I, I 100%, I get that and I respect okay, it. it. I do. It means nothing to the Cubs right now. Oh, it's I'm literally you, a lost season for the Cubs. So hit, hit, swing away, Albert. Go on one last ride. You, you have to bring back uh, Abreu. I you mean, don't trade Aloy. And you can't. No. So, like, and like, and the good thing is, because I, I do remember earlier in the season and uh, or after 2021, I was not a believer in the Gavin Sheets breakout. And he showed like the first half, he was brutal, but he mm-hmm. went back, went back to the minors. And ever since he's come back, uh, the second half here in 2022, he's been fantastic. So that trade value is going up. But do you keep him now because he's actually good, or do you trade him? So I trade him, and I trade him for a couple of reasons. Beeflo brought up, we had a really good conversation on Twitter. It was refreshing to actually talk just like about actual baseball on Twitter with someone, but um. He can't hit for shit on the road. Yep. And that's including the Baltimore series. He always plays good in Baltimore. We already talked about that, but like, whatever. Um, and he still struggles against his splits are good. We'll just put it that way. His splits are not good. If it's a right handed pitcher, all his home runs this year are in Chicago. If it's, a, if it's a right-handed pitcher in Chicago, like that's like the craziest platoon ever, then yes, Gavin Sheets can fucking bat. But he's a liability in the outfield. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be someone out there that would wants a younger power bat. Yeah. And they can get something for I, I don't think they're going to get something like crazy, but they can get something for Gavin Sheets. And, and so I would, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you. I think the biggest roadblock is like, where do you put him? Because we cannot have him and Andrew Vaughn platooning in right field again. Like defend, defense is a liability for this team as it is. Trotting first baseman out in right field isn't helping you're going to have Jose Abreu hopefully at first base and you want to insert Vaughn in the lineup any chance you can get so there's really no spot for him on defense so I think just odd man out it's not worth, especially with the splits like you mentioned it's not worth having and I mean he's he's 26 right now he'll be 27 in June next year so I mean he's not exactly a young gun anymore but like he's got the pop Somebody will, somebody will take him. Someone will want him. I mean, you could probably get a reliever or, you know, like a outside of 100 prospect or something, you know, hopefully somebody who's better than Joe Kelly. God damn it. That was such a, I, was so I thought that, that guy. Kevin, Kevin, you know, you know what that signing reminds me of? And like the money is kind of similar and you hated the signing from the beginning, I think. And it's another ex Dodger. Remember when the Cubs signed Brandon Morrow? Oh, yeah. Yep. Brandon yeah. Morrow. Mm-hmm. This and, and I think it's similar. I think his was like two for 19, and this one was two for 17, I think, with Joe mm-hmm. Kelly. And, and he's so, been in his defense, though. Didn't he take a contract the next year for like basically zero? And he yeah, was like, he, he yeah, signed like a minor league deal. He's like, hey guys, sorry about just never pitching for you guys. Yeah, sorry about being dog. <laughs> and it still ass. didn't work out. So yeah. it's like crap. So I was, you know, hand up. I'm I'm always big on admitting when I was wrong. I was pumped about the Joe Kelly sign. I thought he was going to some life. I thought it was going to be fiery. I didn't know 
I guess this is just straight ignorance on my part. I didn't know he had that thing in his contract where he couldn't pitch back to back until July. I don't think anyone did until it came out. Like it was yeah. not like well reported. And the other thing that kind of pissed me off about it not working out. And this is, again, this is a hindsight, but like this was Tony making that phone call to his boy being like, yo, I'm running the show here. I got a spot for you. Sign here. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Can't stay healthy. Struggling with command. It's just, it's brutal, dude. It's a it's a bad signing. I mean, there's, it was. there's all... I don't fault him for it though, because I think at the time it looked like a great signing, and he looked like a great fit for this team, like personality-wise, bullpen help. Yeah. I, so I, I don't fault Rakan for that one as much. It just didn't work out. I just yeah, I have this thing that I need to be better at, where no matter who the White Sox sign, I get excited. Like I convince myself it's a good signing. Like I've never. The White Sox have never signed someone, and my immediate reaction was, what the fuck are you doing? Adam Eaton? No, there was one. What about Adam Eaton? Well, Adam like, Eaton. That Adam one Eaton. I was Adam Eaton. Okay. I remember the next day we got Adam Eaton. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that Adam, was, Eaton. Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Nick, I agree with you watching us on Facebook. Thanks for following along the show. I wanted him because what he did with the Astros. Yeah. And the shit he gave the Astros. Like, But I just wanted that kind of attitude because the whole season before, remember going into the season? The, the the catchphrase that Lucas Giolito and all these guys were saying is we need to learn how to step on people's throats. We need to learn how to finish them. Joe Kelly has been that guy. So I thought like, okay, if this is going to be the mentality going into this season, then yeah, the problem is they have never had the opportunity. They're, they're swinging up the entire season. The, you know what I mean? Like, like the, it's so, I think who talked about it. Was it Lynn or Cueto who like, or I forget who it was exactly, but they're, like the White Sox just had this overcockiness when they didn't earn it at all. They haven't won shit. They won a. They went to the playoffs back to back years. They yep. won a division title last year, and yep. then they were bounced very fast from the playoffs. And they, they came into the 2022 acting like like they're the shit. And I yep. mean, for what? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna lose the fucking division to the Cleveland Guardians. Like props to the Guardians, man. They've had some guys play way out above mm-hmm. what people thought. But like, if we got in the time machine here, hopped in the old DeLorean and went three, four months back, and you told me that, I, I. No, I think it's funny. Before the season, more people would have thought the Tigers would have been in contention with us yeah. than the Guardians. Hand <laughs> up, hand up. I'm one of those people. One hundred percent. their their I, prospects I would, I, have grossly underperformed. Yeah, and yeah. I think the their big guy got hurt like right before opening day. Uh, Green. Yeah, he's he's playing. Playing. even he's like he's now. playing out and he hasn't been good. Torkelson no. shown no power. I think he got sent back down. Yeah, he got sent back down. Yeah, I and never I mean, liked Spencer Torkelson based on his name. I thought he was always. It, it, it does sound like an accountant. Shout out <laughs> to the accountant. Cubs a treat. They gave a Cubs a treat by letting. Uh, is it Reyes? Oh, no, it was Cleveland. Cleveland well, that's Cleveland let go of friend, friend yeah. Yep. Uh, Cle- I never got out of Cleveland just because they're, they're pitching. They're pitching. Hey, so good. What a boy. Elvis Andrews with a solo shot. Let's hey, go. Yeah. Up no. to Elvis Andrews. Oh, behind. Best move. I just saw Rami Gonzalez get thrown out. Elvis Andrews just hit the best. He's been the best move they made, also, including the offseason. Johnny Cueto's better. Johnny. But... Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Those are both good moves, though. They're both like, yes. better than dudes. And like, they were both out of necessity. They're like, all right, he's available. No one wants him. Let's sign right? him. So I'm like, I'll give him credit for Jumper, you. don't be mean. Don't be mean in the comments, <laughs> Jumper. Don't be mean. <laughs> That's right. Jason Hayward. He's going to be out there. He's going to be free. Don't be mean. 
I, I don't think that'll happen. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> okay, I never I guess... found out Cleveland because of their pitching, but their outfield. I do remember. Like I couldn't really. I didn't know anyone in their outfield. No, I mean it was like Jose Ramirez, and then like who else Guys. does Cleveland have? <laughs> you know, Naylor. Yeah. Oh, that's a bomb by him. But um, that was a bomb. He pimped that thing. Yeah, which is Whew. good. Uh, front, maybe this is where the White Sox turn it around. Nah, I'm done. I know. I was drinking the Kool Aid two weeks ago, and now I look like an ass listening back to that. Well, you, unfortunately, for those that don't know, my guy Mitch here was at the game where the White Sox gave up three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that would dampen any man's. I hung in there till it was eighteen to five, and that's when I tapped out. You are a better man. I, I mean, (laughs) if you were drinking or something, like maybe if you were just like having a good time okay i kind of get that but like 18 oh buddy well this is a good time to ask so last week we went around <laughs> to see because i think we were we've all pretty much throughout the ups and downs throughout the roller coaster season of the white Sox, Thought they were gonna all, win the division we've all pretty much yeah maintained like yeah i mean they'll turn it around eventually the, the division is weak the white Sox are gonna eventually win it Last week, I think I was at a five. Zoe, you were at a six, confidence-wise. Kevin, mm-hmm. I think you were at a seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, Mitch was away. But uh, so let's go around the. So Mitch, confidence level that your White Sox will one win. One through the ten. One ten through is ten, ten is one hundred percent going to win the division. One is it's over. About a month ago, I said it was a ninety-five <laughs> percent chance they win the division. So it's probably going to come down a little bit from there. I'm going. I think a five. Five. Still at a five. That's a five. The schedule is so easy, and the division is so underwhelming that there's still a chance with how much talent there is. Like, you're giving me no reason to do it, and it's probably a too high. I realize it's too high, but, like, you know, why not? God, They're disappointed God, me before. God bless you, Mitch. I love right, youthful, youthful optimism. I'm at, like, a, a 2.75. Oh, man. It's just, you said too high, Mitch, but. Maybe I'm too high because I'm still at a six. I still think that this little, like you said, the stretch run with this schedule is winnable, and I think Cleveland peaked, and I don't think the Twins have anything left in them. Like a, so, a if they weren't playing Cleveland another four games, then it would be lower, but like because of that, they have an opportunity to make up some ground. Now, have they shown any reason for me to believe that they're going to make up that ground? No, but they still have the chance, and it's they still got a couple weeks to build some momentum towards that, so there's a shot. Fair, fair. I'm closer Although, to this, though. I'm down to like a like a th- like three point five, because they they I mean you guys can't beat the fucking Royals. <laughs> Nick in the comment Nick in the comment section says I'm a season ticket holder <laughs> and I'm at a zero. Um, yeah, I mean the Royals have been the White Sox Achilles heel this whole season, and then two two point seven five. But the Cubs so, own the Brewers too, so something yeah. else that I can see happening, and I don't think I'm being obtuse when I think this is a whole like win one for the Gipper type shit happening. Like in major league. It's like uh-huh. major league two. Yeah. I mean, Jose Abreu is now the head coach. Yeah. He basically is, but hey, I, I did say the first move, the first move they should have made is make Jose Abreu player manager. So <laughs> it's either a leg thing. Or a psychological just, thing. Or a psychological thing. I or mean, a heart attack. Who's who that? made a thing? <laughs> Me. That's Tony's speech this morning. Maybe yesterday. So, wait, did... Oh, okay. Let's go Orioles. They beat the Guardians 4 nothing. 
Okay. Yeah. Twins so lost too. So today, dare I say, must win. So if the Sox huh. hold on to their lead Wednesday night, they'll be five back. Yep. Um, also, can we talk about like how Gunnar Henderson with that head of hair hitting home run? Like, tell me there's another, like a better baseball name. Like he is a baseball guy. Like his parents named him. Like when he came into this world, his mom and dad were like, your name is Gunnar. Gunnar Henderson. I was he gonna say that. He either like had to be a professional baseball player or an SEC quarterback. I was gonna say, or or, a, or a frontman in a pretty cool a band called like, High School Quarterback. So Gunner. Yeah. Every Gunner has to be, play like like at least high school. He has to be the starting quarterback for his high school team in Texas. Yeah, like and he has to at least that SEC part. quarterback. Like he needs to be. Oh, they got to Tristan McKenzie too, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, Tristan gave up. Ooh, bad there outing for him. See. All right. And I knew you got to know that Cleveland wasn't going to stay this hot forever. Like, I don't think they have the horses. I'm still looking at the box store from this game. And I, their pitching I is good, though, though. Their the pitching, pitching is good, but like, I don't that's know. Any what's, of these that's players. what's going to keep them in it, though. I watch like three baseball games a day. I still don't know any of these fucking players on the Guardians team. <laughs> you know what, They run, they hustle. They do, that's they, the they do run, but they're pitching. I mean, it is they have, pitching. They have dudes who just fucking like make a lot of contact. They hustle. Mm. Their pitching is very solid. They have a two really good guys at the end of the bullpen. They got a great. And they have a great player in Jose Ramirez. Yeah. They do have a and well, Jimenez is kind and of all star this year. Yeah, he's kind of elevated his game this year. He's having a, a hell of a year. Uh, Naylor's just a fucking annoying dude, but he hits bombs. Uh, Jose Ramirez is probably, you could easily make a case for him to be a Hall of Famer. They had that kid, what's his, uh, left fielder? Quan. Uh, Quan. I mean, he came out of the gates high. He's definitely cool. Up. But for me to see McKenzie go five innings, five hits, two earned runs, two, he still struck out seven motherfuckers though. I mean, that yeah, kid, you just yeah. went through his line. Like that was a solid outing. They just couldn't score. Yeah. <laughs> it's for him though. I mean, I guess for him, that's a comeback to earth. Like he's been a world beater. He's been amazing for like really. the last month. Like he's, he's been, pitching, a, he's been a cease like 10 K's mm-hmm. a game type deal. I've been banking on his case over. I didn't bet it today. Thank God. But yeah. So, uh, we talked, I think we talked about it last week. He had a good bounce back outing, but then the Royals lit him up again. Uh, Lucas Giolito, like he's putting up, like his 2018 okay. numbers. So we're talking about offseason. What do we do with Lucas Giolito? He's cost himself a lot of money. If a anything, White's, Rick Kahn will be wrapping his daily. We're like, ah, team-friendly deal. Well, All right. Yeah, like, hey, remember, hey, Lucas, you want a fucking long-term extension now? Yeah, because remember, <laughs> before the season, it was the whole they were nickel and a dime. It was like 20.85 or 20.45 million or something like that. But mm-hmm. like, It was like 50K difference. Like for the arbitration. And... I mean, as shitty as it sounds, and you will never, you will very, very, very rarely hear me side with owners and management, but you might have got this one right. Dude, but this is the problem I have with arbitration. It's such a brutal process that they probably hurt so many feelings. Oh, yeah. There are things that have to lead to a, someone underperforming. Yeah. It has performed in the past, and you have to think that maybe perhaps the acrimony that came from that uh, whole ordeal kind of was a you know a, a black cloud hanging over his head all season when he was at you know yeah. kind of like, fuck you and and it just then it kicked in his mental his mental headspace wasn't great to come out of the gate 
you come out the gate struggling and all of a sudden it just starts to compound and it just kind of everything else going on in that clubhouse and with, you know, with the wins and losses and just the drama and all of a sudden you're just, you're in your worst nightmare. I totally agree. Uh, Cause like, and you got to think from his perspective, Larry, like turns it around. He, he put together three good seasons in a row and he had a fantastic start in his play, one playoff game. And so now he's thinking like, look, like, uh, like I put together three good years. You're going to nickel and dime me over this. Like I thought he wanted, he wanted an extension too, and he didn't get one. And then he comes back and they're going to nickel and dime him. So he's like, wow, I thought I was worth more to this team. So I think me- mentally that definitely affected him heading into the year. Like it's not a big confidence boost for you when you don't think the organization believes in you. Yep. And Nick stay hot, Nick. You're killing it in the comment section tonight. Uh, he says Lucas lost three miles an hour on his fastball. Ninety-three and ninety-six is a big difference. Opponents are now waiting on off-speed, and you, and what's that pitch is changeup, and now and it's not it, nearly as it's, effective. And it's clear as day. And as Jumper says too, and we talked about this a couple times this season. Though I mean, he came in and it was like, oh, this is swole, Lucas. Like he mm-hmm. beefed up a little bit, but he basically said he he thought gaining the weight and putting on the mass would help him, but basically his body is not allowing him to do what he used to do. And he doesn't part of that is though. He was talking about this with Chuck Garfine and the white Sox talk podcast, a big portion. It wasn't even the weight gain. He said after he got COVID and it wasn't from COVID, but like a week after he got COVID, he got sick again. And the second illness he said, like really knocked him out. And it took him a while to recover from that. And he was just, I guess he was like really weak after that. And his body just like, wasn't the same afterwards. So I think it was more like that than anything to do with the weight gain. I, I think a lot of it was he got sick and then coming hurt. He just never fully recovered after he got sick. But so where is he at contract? He's it's he's got one more year, right? 2023 is his last year for uh, arbitration before he becomes a free agent. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Do you try to trade him? I mean, that's selling low. Yeah, that's the thing because he's coming off. Like one of his worst years, right? But you gotta yeah. think. You gotta think that somebody's like, "Well, we can just revive that." That's you know what I mean. That's one off season of cutting weight and getting back into whatever. But like, I don't think they're gonna. I don't know, man. There's so much things I that are gonna, bring him back. Yeah, I, you have to bring him back because here's the thing, though: you cannot expect a repeat of a Johnny Cueto season next year. Oh no 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 no! So I still would, need, I would still give Johnny Cueto another year. Yeah, but you you still but, need like Lucas Giolito right. to at least hey, but I mean maybe it was the COVID because there's a I think there's a great article um maybe the end of last week uh, in the Athletic about how COVID's uh, affected some you know athletes across different sports. There's a few stories about uh, baseball players, and then Yoan Mankata was a guy too who, you know, he had it, and I mean it seems like it took a heavy toll on him and he still yeah. hasn't really looked that great so maybe it was uh maybe it is just like hey that just knocked him down and he's he just hasn't been able to recover get that normal strength that he has uh to get ready in a to prepare for a full season yeah i, I do think and I see, i'm seeing some of the stuff too i think though for him as well i think uh, I, I hate to say this i'm looking at the the numbers for the logs with his velocity uh his velocity is not it's 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 not no no it's not a massively different than last year it's his ups and downs are a little bit different when he you know, his velocity got low it looks like for him at uh early june this year or last year this year he hit his low velocity sometime in like late looks like late 
maybe mid to late June, but he also didn't throw nearly as much in April as he did last year in 2021, which he threw in April a bunch, three at least three starts or early April. So he had a different start. It was just a different thing for him. And so his velocity is not massively down, but his I think, uh, the go get him, the fighter mentality is gone for a second. It's just, it, it, and I think it, too, to that point, Fitz, I, I'm not so, I mean, the velocity is one thing, but I also don't think his fastball moves. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's it, beach it's ball. very flat. Mm-hmm. And no run. I don't think it's the so, sticky stuff. So the sticky stuff stuff comes up a lot, but mm. you it hit him for a little bit, but he definitely did bounce back from that. Like it, I don't year, think yeah. that's like a long term thing. I don't think it's a sticky stuff. I understand why people would bring that up, but like I just don't think that's it. But mm-hmm. I do think that the the the, add, the addition of weight probably does play a part too. Yeah. I mean, he's because he's getting around different body parts now. He's maybe right. if. It, if if it's if it's in his core, it's very it, you know alters your delivery a little bit because now you've got to come you've got to use a little bit more of your your lower body and little things become little tweaks. But any slight fundamental flaw in your mechanics is going to put a ball a quarter of an inch back over the plate and it's going to be a hittable ball as opposed to an unhittable ball. It's that easy. It's it's such a micro game when it comes to fundamentals and putting on twenty pounds could do that. So it's, it's entirely possible. I'm absolutely loving Lancelin six and. In- He's pitched six, four hits, seven strikeouts. Needed an outing like this from the big dog tonight on Wednesday night. But there's another story that I think we do need to bring up, and it's in the spirit of the show. There has been a couple of articles written lately about a Mr. Shohei Otani going to the north side. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ask you two, you buying that shit? Uh, I mean, the Cubs are definitely going to call, right? They have to. Like, do you think like that? Like, it's do you think it's like possible? Basically, what what do the Cubs? What do you? I mean, what do you even trade for an Otani? Like, what do the Cubs have to offer? I'm so not it, saying it facetiously. I just, I honestly don't. Here's know. the thing. So Otani has one year left. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a Juan Soto thing where it's like Juan Soto still under uh. Uh, under contract for or before free agency for like under three years, three and a half mm-hmm. years. When you look back at guys, superstars who get traded with only one year left, the packages aren't as big as you would think. However, that's what she said. However, <laughs> we're talking about like modern day Babe Ruth. So, <laughs> I mean, this is like a once in a hundred. It's years a once in a because like, yeah, because everyone freaks out. It's like, wait, well, because like you know, the big name who who's like had the breakout season this year, pitching wise for the Cubs, it's Justin Steele. Like you're probably gonna have to trade him. And everyone's like, damn, like he's breaking out. He's he has like a three two ERA this year. He's been fantastic. But it's like, guys, Shohei Otani would literally be your the Cubs' best starting pitcher. And he'd be the team's best hitter. <laughs> like yep. it's okay if you trade Justin Seal, you're getting a better pitcher. Like it's here, here, here's the here's the funny part. This is the ironic part about this this stuff kind of coming out. I know John Morosi said that he wouldn't be surprised if this happens, and I think it's kind of backfires on the Cubs optic wise optics wise because we've kind of been trained over the last couple of years to get rid of the superstars and focus on the farm again. Look at all these great prospects. I mean, everything is all about, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong and Brennan Davis and all this great stuff that's happening. And, 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 you know, a little bit of the gaslighting has kind of made it like to the point where fans have been trained to prefer kicking the can down the road for these prospects, because they think that all these prospects 
are going to hit like that class did with the 2014, 15, 16, you know, with the Cubs. That was not normal. That's not, that's, that's very rare. And they think it's going to happen again just because it's, it happened once, like in a hundred years. So, you know, this is the the big part about what it is. And and so I think they've been trained to not, and I, the, the reaction from Cub fans have, has been to me, some Cub fans has, has killed me. I and mean, you've probably seen it too, Aldo. Fans are like, no way. Wait until he hits free agency. Don't give up these prospects for him. Knowing that he's That's, never going you're to You're not going to get that chance. Agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to happen. He's going to be traded to someone else. And to think that the Cubs are the only team that's going to be that'll be pursuing him in the offseason is ridiculous. And so to me, if Jed Hoyer thinks he wants to win and he's actually about winning and you know contending, he's going to, he's going to maybe pay overpay a tad to make this happen now. And that's a real big tell. If, if the Cubs are in, this is going to happen. If the Cubs aren't, and it's just kicking the can down the road again. So it's like we, the same thing that happened with like when the, when the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers and it's like, Oh, well, I mean, uh, cause like that was the big thing. Cause like that's right after the Cubs didn't go after Harper and Machado and like in 1819, mm-hmm. I think Mookie Betts was traded in 1920 and he was going to be a free agent after 2020. And, uh, you know, people were like, oh, I mean, it's fine. Like, he'll hit free agency. No, because the Dodgers immediately extended Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whichever team – so if the Cubs – whoever it is, if it's the Cubs, whoever else, if they trade for Otani, you are doing it with the intention of you are immediately – you are so, immediately extending him. Something, though, I guess to bring back an earlier point that we made when we were talking about selling teams, do you think the Angels now being for sale – and that process already being initiated, like, is this like going to that like liquidation sale? Like, do you think like maybe that'll affect the price a little bit? I think it could. I think, you know, you're going kind of like, it's kind of like um, when you're getting ready to overseed, you, right? You scalp down the lawn first and then, you know, you get it down to the bare bones and then you throw down your seed and you throw down everything and you let it kind of grow back again. And if they're doing that and, and they're kind of still in flux, you got to assume that it's maybe not lowers the price, but it makes it more probable of happening on a pretty fair way. It, a fair deal is going to get it done. Here's no, well, here's, here's how the Cubs can get an unfair deal and like a win for them. Because at this point, again, yes, it's going to cost you some prospects. However, if you want to decrease that cost, you know what you do? You'd be like, all right, what's your other, what's a bad contract you have? Add that mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Add that in, yep. and then that the price goes a little lower, and it's like, all right, fine. Now we don't have to give up three of our like top prospects. Now it's only two. Mm-hmm. Do that. Would you? Would if the Angels say Pete Crow we'll Armstrong? Take we'll take Trout. Yeah. Pete Crow Armstrong and uh, yeah, we'll take all. That, we'll take that bad Trout like, contract. Pick a yeah. pitcher. Yeah. Are, would you? Would you make a deal for Otani if it had to involve Pete Crow Armstrong? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I just want to make okay. sure. There isn't a, there isn't a combination of three prospects in the Cubs systems that I'm not willing to part with in a three-person deal with those three guys. There isn't a, you can't combine three people in the organization that I would say, no, it's not. No. Because okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pete Crow Armstrong could like go ahead and like, you know, be like a seven-time all-star, like cool. maybe yeah. win an MVP with the Angels. It's not going to be that's, that's fine because the Cubs are going to have – like one of the best and players of all time. You're even you're getting your money back on your investment right away because he increased ticket sales, he increased jersey sales, and you have the international market. You have the best player in baseball, so you're getting a huge return on that investment. Like Pete Crow Armstrong is not being in the same business to Wrigley as Shohei Otani is. That's how you got to sell this to the Ricketts family. Like, yeah. dude, you're about to take over. You're gonna you're gonna go worldwide. You're gonna go global. I mean, the Cubs are kind of global, but not really global. 
like you know, like some like the Raiders, I think, are kind of a global like. Well, they team. just got big homies like, right like, field. Shohei Otani's big as it is playing out in California and like nine o'clock games that no one can watch on the East Coast. Imagine him in a big market like Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess Los Angeles is too, but it's Anaheim. It's the second team. Yeah, no one cares about the Angels out there. Big market like Chicago, like that, he would be huge over here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And th- that's how you could sell that to the Ricketts. I mean, like, like if it's, it's like if it takes, now. like, there's basically no one that I wouldn't trade him for. Yep. Nope. Like I you love guys. Nico Horner. I love Nico Horner. He's he's fucking star. If he if they're like, hey, we want your top prospect. We want Nico Horner and one of your top pitchers. Well, Nico, you from the West Coast? Enjoy your time in Orange County. It's, you, guys, it's you, guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. Three word answer every time someone says, "Would you?" And the answer is yes. Yes, he's Shohei Otani. Is the response that it should be for any any proposal that you throw across the table? Yes, yes so obvious. Shohei you're Otani. all missing it. Oh, so obvious, and you're all missing it. How did the Cubs get homeboy last season? Uh, the, yeah, how'd they get him? Um, I think I think they sent um Tom Hagen to negotiate with him. Who talked him into? Who did he credit talking him into coming to Chicago? Nick Madrigal and you Darvish, but Nick Madrigal. I think they have the same agent, but yeah. Nick, get Nick involved in the deal. Let him do his thing, wheel and deal. Get Otani. <laughs> Include him in the deal. Yeah, that. Probably. He probably wouldn't give a shit. He'd probably love to go back on the I West Coast. You, I guarantee you, I have a feeling that. That could work. Madrigal's having a very good second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that, like, if Madrigal went and played for a team like the Angels. He'd be back on the West Coast. No pressure at all. Nobody's watching. No pressure he at might all. Eat, fuck, he might even be an all-star. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, drew, like, a seriously, picture, no, and then he's he, like, like that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's so West up that I can totally see that happening, though. You know what I mean? Like, But I am in the shadows very happy to see Nick Magical having such a good second Me too. season. Yeah. Oh, man. He's been... The defense. defense. It's the defense, though, that makes yeah, me the happy. Defense. It's the defense that makes me happy. Hit that Magical pick and Fletcher right? on the same yeah. team. <laughs> that would be funny, Ryan. I mean, he that almost he almost won the game for the Cubs last night, too. He, I mean, he, he kind of squared up a ball, but it just was too deep, actually. He hit it too hard. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, like, you know, trade for a like you said, the, like, what chances do you think you even have? Like, I mean, at this point, it's still low. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I have 75% chance Cubs are going to trade for him. It's, like, at, like, 5%. Because again, it would it would it's like an unprecedented trade. Because like there ha- we haven't seen a player like Shohei Otani since no. Babe fucking Ruth. So oh, yeah, he's so, better than well, Babe Ruth. I'll I'll say this for yeah. the Cubs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this for the Cubs too. I think their second half of the year has really saved their season optically because the first half of the season it was like unwatchable team, didn't make any moves, no hope for the future. And now it's like, okay, the pitching's coming around. Magical's playing well. We got all these guys in the farm system. So I think you bought yourself another year of goodwill. But that being said, you cannot go into this offseason and not make any moves. Like I think now, because if it's the same product next year, you're not getting the same benefit of the doubt. So like you kind of got to, you got to add some. The other thing with like, if, if, they do if they're in the conversations, if there's discussions to get Otani. I mean, again, we're t- you get you knock off two of your like your biggest priorities if you know in like yeah, going into the offseason as a free agent. Left-handed bat you get you a get... power left-handed bat and you get top of the uh, you know, basically another an, an ace type right. pitcher. 
So bam, you get you get it done in one move. Right. You get two two guys, two stars on your team for, in one guy. I but you, have, you they they have to call. They have to call every fucking day. Once like the off season begins, once the World Series is over, uh, you know, it'd be like call whoever the hell their GM is now because they fired everybody over there, and yep. be like, what do you guys want? What do you guys want? Call so every day. You guys keep bringing up prospects, and I wanted to bring this up earlier, and I forgot. I'm kind of really digging this whole Project Birmingham thing. I was going to ask you, but so how, what was it? They just called up everyone from they basically baseball? Anybody that they think that they give a shit about, like they think has a shot at playing for the, the White Sox. Man, imagine like, being left behind. You're all, you're all going to double A. Even Jared Kelly, who's been brutal. Yeah. Here so you go. You're, you're, you're all going to double A, and we're calling this Project Birmingham, and everybody's coming up or okay. down or wherever. But we're, it's like uh, it's like a White Sox futures team. <laughs> All right. And as someone who, as previously mentioned, is going through one of the most, if not the most frustrating season with my favorite team of all time, it has been fun. I find myself now watching Barons games on my computer Ugh. or. You know what I mean? It's the the quality. It's it's down kind of, horrendous. It's kind of, it's kind of tough that's like twenty fourteen, Mitch. I don't yeah. know or twenty fifteen. Like that's rebuilding. So I, I know, but it's just I don't. It's it's not a nightly thing. But if Zoe has I to get see, to his happy place once in a while, <laughs> I see the I see the tweet, you know, with the lineup, and if I see like you know Fizz's boy out there, like, and then Colas and Cespedes, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch a couple innings of this. I want to see, you know, the mechanics. I want to see what the kids look like. I want to see, you know what I mean? But, like, it's tough to sit through a whole one of those games, though. I mean, it's like you're watching, like, what's that uh, product called where you can watch your kids' Little League game on your phone? Uh, I forget what it's called. But, like, you can watch oh, your kids' Little League game. Game Changer? Yeah, like, game yeah. something. Yeah, it's like watching one of those games. Like, it's like it's like a college CCTV broadcast. It's, <laughs> it's tough to watch. But... I think it's really interesting. I, I like that they had the gall, if you will, to even just do this. I was kind of caught off guard that they did it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been interesting to watch. I think it's only going to help some of these guys, especially if they are, in fact, turn out to be the future of this team. It's like, yo, I've been playing with this guy for three years already. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. something. I just, yeah. I'm wondering. It, it's something. No, it's something different. It's, it's definitely interesting to see how it works. Mm-hmm. At least they get like, a couple months to see what they do. I was going to ask you guys. So now that you know, it looks like Tony Larusa is probably like not. He's probably not going to manage the White Sox again. Right. We talked. I think I brought this up a few weeks ago in terms mm-hmm. of you know what do you like if you if you do trade one of the core guys this off season. I think Zoe, you said that you just want you can't you would prefer. Obviously, you you would want like maybe a new second baseman or a new right fielder, but for the most part, you'd be willing to give this group like another run at it with a different manager. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to kind of see that with not Tony Larusa for the next for the last month. Don't let Jay Hay get hot. <laughs> but if if we still continue to see the same, just not. Just, I see what you're saying. Just yeah. the same product. But it's a different manager. It's would a trade you be more? Line. Would you be more like maybe it is time to shake it up a little bit? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. And I, I mean, this Tony Russo news is all very recent. I had a a very good feeling that this was it. 
for him. Like this was going to be his last year at the helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know that Jerry wouldn't fire him, but I think that there was going to be part ways. Yeah. I think it was going to be a discussion, but um, I need to go to school, man. I need to learn and please people feel free to tweet me at Southside Zoe, put it in the comments here, tweet at pinwheels, Ivy pod. I need some managerial. For the love of God, please do not hire anyone within the organization. Please go outside the organization. No, no more one's, promoting no one's nephew, no one's buddy, <laughs> no one's second cousin. Yeah. None of that shit. Like someone new and fresh and preferably under the age of 50 or 55, we'll call it. I don't even care if they're I want like a young guy. No, I want Yeah, I mean, that's probably fair. Yeah. Didn't want to be okay. ageist, but you know, oh, I, you're probably right. <laughs> I, think we, I think we earned to say one thing. Oh, let's go, Romy. Uh, I think we earned the ability to say we want someone a little younger in that dugout. Yeah, you're not wrong. Who is Yumper? Who are you talking about? Oh, I think he used to be the bench coach for the Houston Astros. Okay, I've actually all right. When you put it that way. I got it. All right. Now, hold on. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stay on the air. We're going to keep this show going before we get to your NASCAR minute there, Mitch. Right now, the White Sox have bases loaded with no outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Like time to break it up? <laughs> you would think. Do you guys want Okay, let's do over, <laughs> over, over, under, one run. Under. <laughs> I'll go over just because Elvis is up. I say over. Yeah. I'll say yeah, over but just it, because all you need is one here. hit, and you would think they could score a couple. Of I Gav- am not confident they would get that one hit. Gav- Gavin Sheets walked. Jay Hay hit a single. Romy hit a single, or he bunted. So now it's time for a infield pop up, and then a double so play. So so you're ahead of us. Um, we're a little delayed, though. So let's. You know. Who's up, though? Who's who's at bat? So Elvis is up. They just okay, did. Okay. They just now they're changing pitchers. They're bringing in Colin Snyder to replace Amir Garrett. And so, yeah, they'll probably get one run out of it, but they, I think they'll get one. Or, yeah, they'll get push, one. Although I think it's a push. A It'll push? be the double play ball, and then they'll get the run on the double play ball, and then that that'll then be a strike it. out. Yeah, yeah. So, Mitch, there's only one decision or one choice this offseason for the White Sox if they do go with a new manager. The That's Ryan. Who? Ryan Christensen, bench coach in San Diego. Was the bench coach in Oakland? He's followed sell Bob. Him, sell him to me. All right. Well, he's a, he, as a minor league manager before he was he came up and became the bench coach with the Athletics. He won back to back AAA, I believe it is, championships in the Texas League. Was Texas Manager of the Year, uh, and then yeah, he was brought up. He started he was started as a bench coach in 2018 with the A's, um, and then when Bob Melvin took the job in San Diego, Bob Melvin took him with him. He's been in San Diego this year, but he's a really well liked player. I'm 100% looking up how old he is. And he's he 48. 48. I'm sold. 48. 48. Yeah. He played. He played a little bit, but he was like a journeyman. He was more about like a minor league outfielder. So he's a baseball guy. And yeah, so he makes the best managers though. He never wanted like a star player nah. to be the manager. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, seeing these people. I've already seen people say they want AJ Brzezinski. I've seen people say Scotty Pesednik. Like I don't want that shit, man. God, I'm, I'm, it's not get out of this under any locker room. If that guy is on the pregame show, it's like almost every Sox, fan, fall asleep. every Sox fan who who brings up like anyone related to the Sox, can, they could never have been before. Like I hate how the White Sox just hire their own. 
because you're doing this, the same thing now. Get out of this bubble, man. Does anyone not remember Robin Ventura? Oh, man. I love Robin Ventura I'm as a player. Get Robin Ventura. Dogwater as a fucking Ozzy. Bring back Ozzy. Bring back Ozzy. World Series champs, though. I don't back want Ozzy Gein again. I want Ryan Christensen or whatever the fuck that guy's <laughs> name is. I think you, I think Christensen would be a great pickup. I think he would be. He's a he's, he's a guy. Forty eight. I'm in. He's not even. He's he's kind of halves these halves he's with with like analytics, but he's kind of he 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 does. I think he checks all the boxes. I've liked him for a couple of years now, actually. Before yeah. before Larusa, actually, I think him or Joe. He's uh, earned an interview in my book. Yeah, I already got two guys in interview. Oh oh, got one in. How? Did they? Uh, fielder's choice. Oh no, no, just ground out, ground out. But it should have been a double play ball. <laughs> yeah, it was got it, Mitch. It was got Royal's gonna royal. I was gonna oh, say like, how was that? I guess no. They must have had him shifted. How do they? How do they not get two there? Stop it, Jack. Stop it, Jack. <laughs> or his shortstop was just late getting to the bag. His Stop shortstop. I have another name. I have another name. Who? Will Oops. Venable. He's been bench coach for the Cubs, bench coach for the Padres, bench coach for the Red Sox. Oh, Padres they, guys, they're trying to feed us here. Uh, trade, uh, see, he played for the oh, Dodgers. He played for the Padres during his career. How old is he? Jesus he's like in his forties, probably. He, so, he's, I think he's like. He gets 41. an interview too. He gets an interview too. <sighs> That's getting banged at the plate on a drawn-in infield, on a hard-hit ground ball. Like Did that just happened to the White Sox. Yeah, you're dead. That's so terrible. What are you doing? Breaking. Will first Venable time? is thirty nine years old. So you the young drawn in. You're going to score if that ball gets through, no matter what happens. You don't need to break on contact because you're done at the plate. Who There's was no on third base? It was, was Josh Harrison. Harrison. Oh Jesus! That's God. not a contact play. It's a contact play if they deepened up at least halvesies in the middle. They're, that's not it. That's not it. Die. Andrew Vaughn reaches on a field of choice. Shortstop Nicky Lopez to catch her. MJ Miller's just here. Oh my God! All right, Jose, come on, kid. Jose, earn that. I earned that extra four mil I wanted to give you. Earn that two for thirty. We're hyping him up too much. Oh, no, he's, he's gonna. It's not gonna if Jose, out. if Jose can get on base here and get it to Eloy, I'd be feeling a lot better. So, are you gonna be right? Is this gonna be a push? I think it's gonna be a push. <laughs> what happened just now in Toronto? Uh, Did another orgy break out in the outfield? Just, oh, that's right. The Cubs were up. Okay, so yeah, they, they blew won. It. Cubs won seven five. How about the Cubs, guys? Huh? Two or three in Toronto? It goes back to my whole thing where it's tough to judge teams when there's no pressure anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I agree with so, that 100%. I mean, Especially because yeah. the other thing is, it's not only that, but it's also the Cubs have had a lot of guys just come up and make their MLB debuts. And, like, you know, as much as you can see in video, like, these teams, they're facing rookies. Like, they've never seen yeah. them before. And I got to say, I absolutely love what Baltimore is doing. Baltimore is having a great second half of the year, but they're just in a fucking powerhouse division. Yep. So they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just call up all these awesome prospects we have, start getting them some major league tick, and, you know, get them ready for next year. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they weren't gun shy about it, or they weren't, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Get Gunnar Henderson if, up here. If you get make all the these playoffs great, if not, you know what you got for next year. And they're, they could still get a wild card spot. Yeah. You know, oh, so I felt like the Cubs won that first game. Yep, the Cubs yeah, only took one of three. Now I'm behind. How am I behind you guys? <laughs> about that. How did uh, that shift? Foot speed mostly. I'm not a fast guy. 
<laughs> what did Jose do? Jose little, blue, little Kansas City special. Yeah. Took the over. They get two or one in on it. Just one. Yeah, one. He got one. Almost, almost got back picked at third, though, taking too big a turn. I'm feeling Jeez. for the wind. Alloy bomb. Hell yeah. Let's go. One time. One time. One time. We already gave Pito the, the pinwheels boost. Right. He's a good stroke. He got the job done. He just found some out. Really for like over twenty the next four games. Eloy's been good though, man. He's been. That's he's such timing. a good hit. He's Eloy very Jimenez. If he just never got fucking hurt. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking where that ball went, but it lost it. So. Yeah, I don't know. I was ahead of you guys, and now all of a sudden I'm. Behind you guys. Well, so uh, is Lee's Robert? Dude, that still pisses me off. Okay, too. he shouldn't have been playing. I mean, he obviously had pain in his wrist. He's out there swinging the fucking bat with one. Evan, hand. that was like KB. Remember all those times we would complain? Like KB, uh, he's obviously not going to take himself out. Protect yeah. the player. Yeah, yeah. They He's wouldn't. Got, part of your job as a manager or whatever the team is to protect the player from themselves. I don't know how serious it is. If it's broke, like if it's straight up a broken wrist and they're and it keeps getting worse for them, like in the standings, they just need to shut him down for the season. And, and like they were so stupid because even because like remember he got hurt and then he like sat down a few games. And then yeah. they're like, all right, we'll see how he looks in batting practice. And they refused to put him on the IL. From that very first batting practice, he was sw- he was he had that swing, like the one handed swing. Yeah. It's like, guys, he is obviously in pain. Uh, what really. are you doing? Yeah, I just that that just drove me wild. All right. So they got two what two runs? All right. So the overhead on that. Thank you. Bottom of the seventh inning, putting up a couple runs to create some distance and some separation is nice. This will be a this will be a big win if they can hold on to it. But with this bullpen, I'm not counting anything. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. If you're new to the program, this is the segment we do at the end of the program called it was called the NASCAR Minute, but that ship sailed with our very own. NASCAR Mitch. Let's go. I'll try and keep it short this week, but there's a lot to discuss, so no promises there. Um, I'll set the stage for you first. It's the last race of the regular season. It's in Daytona. Daytona is the great equalizer. It's a wild card. Literally anyone can win at Daytona. Super yeah. So as it stands right now, heading into the race, there were 15 winners. You get their 16 playoff spots available. A win guarantees you a spot. So 15 is a lot of winners to have. So there's one spot available. There's only two guys that have enough points to get that last spot. It's Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. Now, right before the race started, a couple days before, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, who has the good energy drink, but I don't like Kyle Busch, by the way. I know you said I'm a Kyle Busch guy. Not a Kyle Busch guy. Dennis not Rose a Kyle guy. Busch anyway, guy. Uh, he, had, he had a concussion at Pocono a couple weeks back, and so he revoked his playoff wa- waiver. He's like, I'm not, I'm not driving anymore. So another spot opened up. All of a sudden, there's two spots. So both Truex and Blaney can get in. Unless there's another new winner. So that's just kind of like the situation here. So race is going on. Early in the race, Blaney gets in a wreck. His car's destroyed, but he needs to stay in the race. Otherwise, he's not getting the playoff spot if a new car wins. Are, and that's a good chance. Race when your car's destroyed. 
So they're they're putting him in the pit stop. They're basically putting the equivalent of like duct tape on this thing. It should not be out there. It looked like crap. It was a beautiful yeah, paint. It, it's just they they're just taping this thing up. It's sputtering around the track. It's like six laps down. It's really a pathetic sight. But he's still hey, he's still running on the track. Martin Truex, he's feeling pretty good. He got a bunch of stage points early on, and all of a sudden he's running up front, which kind of was not not a smart move because he had the points he needed. Now you're running up front. That's where a lot of the crashes happen. Sure enough, late in the race, there's like 25 laps to go. It starts raining a little bit. NASCAR couldn't throw the caution in time, and Daniel Suarez, who's in front, he slips. Another car hits the water. They lose grip. Massive crash breaks out. If you've ever seen the movie Cars, like the opening wreck in that, that is basically the equivalent of what happened. I've seen it a couple of times. Every heavy hitter. Did over the rest of the cars and do the Michael Jordan talk? No. Oh. No, but there was close. There's a couple of cars that got mini airborne. Nothing flipped, but like a bunch over four million dollars of equipment gets destroyed in this wreck, including wow. Daniel Suarez, who's running up front. Disappointed. Who sneaks through? It's Austin Dillon in the three car. Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon's kind of a hack. I hate him because he has this terrible reality show. Uh, I don't hate him, but he has a bad reality show. So I can't. I don't like Austin Dillon. But he sneaks through. Now Austin Dillon. He's a new winner. So all of a sudden, Blaney is not in the playoffs anymore because he slips through the lead and there's rain on the track. So NASCAR throws the red flag. They're like, all right, we're in a rain delay. So if they cancel the race now, they call it over, which they've done in the past. Blaney's out. Three oh, hour wow. delay goes by. NASCAR yeah, keeps it going, keeps it going, waiting through the three hours. They're like, no, we're running the last 25 laps. So they get That's back out for the last light. 25 laps. Thank God for uh, Blaney because in the next 25, like who else got caught up in that crash was Martin Truex Jr. So now his car's dinged up. He's back in the field now. Play resumes. Blaney sputtering around the track. He's working his way up. He gets back into playoff position. So now Truex is like, shit, we cannot have Austin Dillon win. Austin Dillon, he's trying to get in. His teammate, Tyler Reddick, he's already in the playoffs. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a good teammate. He gets into second bake. position. He pushes them a little bit. Like, say, yeah, yeah. kind of like chicken bake. Anyone that's trying to pass him, Reddick's throwing a block for him. He's basically like, if you want to get to Dylan, you're gonna have to wreck me to go through it. So Austin Dylan gets the win in Daytona, gets the playoff spot. Truex tried to make a move late, couldn't get it. Blaney sneaks into the playoffs. So does Austin Dylan. So um, yeah, wild, wild race. Now, another funny thing, too. Well, I like Tyler Reddick. If you ever go to Guaranteed Rate Field, you'll see his commercials all the time because he's sponsored by Guaranteed Rate. You ever see the commercial with the NASCAR driver on one of the screens there? That's Tyler Reddick. So I like Tyler Reddick. Richard Childress, the owner uh, of the team with Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick, he's kind of an ass. He didn't ex- he didn't give Reddick a contract. Reddick signed somewhere else. So they haven't been talking. Reddick's being a good teammate through all this, and Richard Childress won't give him any credit. So it's unfortunate. But, yeah, there you go. There's a NASCAR right. minute. Hell yeah, dude. I'm first of all, anytime you can work in a cars reference, I'm here for that. Second of all, love, I didn't know you can block for your teammate. That's yeah. fucking dope. I thought that was strictly like from Shake and Bake, like in the movie. So <laughs> no, it was only because he was in the playoffs, and I think he's trying to repair his relationship a little bit. So he's like, all right, like I'm gonna wait. Is this the same dude that fucked over his teammate last week? No, no. That was that was Kyle Larson with Chase Elliott. So we like Kyle Larson for that. But uh, okay. I don't. The whole Hendrick team I don't like because they they kind of have the most expensive equipment. And you What's know, this we, guy doing? Joey Logano. <laughs> so he got caught up in the wreck. He was one of the people that got destroyed. But he's in the playoffs anyway, so he didn't care. He was on a plane ride. Like when the time the race resumed, 
he was already sitting at his home watching it on TV because he had a plane ride out of there. Bro, a three-hour <laughs> rain. Hold on, put that hairline back up. That's just like three-hour rain delay in NASCAR. Look at that. You know they really bush, wanted to get it in. You know how many bush lights oh, were consumed? Like just that's, so that's, the 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 Saturday or the Friday night race was worse. So NASCAR was supposed to race Saturday night, the main Cup race, and that oh, got canceled. They're like, all right, we're gonna schedule for Sunday. But they have like their AAA series, like Xfinity, which is the equivalent of like AAA baseball. So they race Friday night, and they knew NASCAR was racing Saturday, so they had to get that race in. And there was rain once again because it's Florida in the summer. That race finished at one thirty in the morning between delays, just cautions coming out and wrecks. So it was, like, it was a I disaster. Have, literally, I'm going to look up the police blotter for that area. For that area <laughs> it had to have been lit, dude. Um, I've been to a race in Daytona. I've been to the Daytona 500. I didn't go inside, but I was there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, parking lot was fun as hell, dude. Holy oh, I believe shit. it. Those uh, rednecks, they know how to party. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like That's why when you said uh, three-hour rain delay, I'm like, bro, shit is getting buck wild. Well, I think part of it was because they didn't want to have the conspiracy thing. Like NASCAR, like fans will always be like, well, they just didn't want Planey to get in or like there's going to be conspiracy. And then uh, – why do they gotta have also, a southern accent, Mitch? Huh? Why do they yeah. gotta have a southern accent, Mitch? They're trying to help Bubba Walsh. No, um, the other problem was like this is like in depth, in depth, but like uh, the guy that drives the Bush Light car, um, Harvick, through the wreck, he was claiming that like I came out first in the wreck, but he was wrecking when he like came out first, and so like NASCAR is like, no, you weren't in first. He's like, well, that's bogus because I maintained speed, and they're like, dude, you were wrecking. So I think that was the other reason. They're like, look, if we just finish the race, then he can't claim he won it. So like, they, they, there's a lot of reasons they had to sit through that delay. There's too much on the line. If this was mid season and it wasn't the last race of the season, they would not have done a three hour rain delay. I don't think. It's all them fucking conspiracy NASCAR conspiracy theorists. But our field of 16 is set, so it should be a very interesting playoffs. NASCAR is going to get very – they, they all race for the Piston Cup? Yes, sure. Okay. For Yes, the dumbed-down right. version. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Do we get conf- – no, dude. Let's Go back and listen to the beginning of the show, bro. We covered that <laughs> in detail. <laughs> there's a reason why he's still unemployed. We'll just There's your summary. Um, uh, and that he, I never, I got nothing. I was trying to build model airplanes. He said, well, I'm not buying it. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is kind of a cool note. Some guy won a million dollars on that race. Cause he bet on three scrubs to finish in the top that. 10. And because oh. half the field rack and they were running so far on the back, they weren't in the rack. And so it was like Cody where BJ McLeod, who BJ McLeod owns his own team. He's driving equipment from like Dodge, which doesn't even sponsor NASCAR anymore. Like, so like, it's like bad. It was like, <laughs> I like that guy. That's my new favorite. <laughs> so, racer. Yeah, look up, look up BJ McLeod. Zo loves the BJs. Yeah. McLeod. Who doesn't? But like, yeah, it was three scrubs and they all finished top 10. So like a couple people won over. Like there's a guy that won a million dollars and some guy that won like 700,000. I immediately revoke. Oh, wait. All right. These are better pictures. There was the first picture that popped. Are you kidding me with this guy? Dude, he's a clown. He's like a meme. I'm saving it. He runs Stay here. Hold on. I'm getting this guy's picture up. There was one race I went to, and he was like a solid like two seconds off the pace, which in NASCAR is a lot. Like usually it's like 0.5. It's considered like a lot. He's like two seconds off the pace. Oh no. Hold on. Let me no no let let me see if you're gonna use the same picture that I am. This guy's a clown. Oh my god. (laughs) 
He, he was outside like, the Cleveland Guardians game the other day because I guess his car was sponsored by like Zappers or sponsors like the Cleveland Guardians too. So like, oh, come meet BJ McLeod outside the Guardians game Friday. Like no one showed up because BJ McLeod, no one knows who the fuck he is, but it's kind of funny. Hold on, how do I say this? Jack, sure. your post makes me jealous. Very jealous if you're going. <sighs> hold on, hold on. I'm saying I'll have this guy up in just a second. You got to see this clown. They're, they'll be in their element, Jack. It's fantastic. All right, come on, upload. All right, look at this guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a Billy Ray Cyrus? I mean, come on. He's going on. Top 10. If you ever but, want to win money, you just pick a super speedway race. Like when Talladega's coming up, just pick three random drivers and you have as good of a chance as anyone because when, someone's going to That guy was like in 20 Chris, reality shows in the 2000s. How really? did he bring Chris Gaines back? Like Garth Brooks brought Chris Gaines back. I don't even. All these pictures just keep getting worse when you oh, scroll through. No, he kind of looks like the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. Except yeah, that. yes, he does. Yeah. He looks like the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. One hundred percent. Look at that. Look at that. Uh huh. It's the hair. It's worse dude. when he yeah. slicks his hair back because like right now he's just like straight back. He doesn't even have the long hair anymore. He's a he's a weird looking dude. He looks like the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. How did this guy get in NASCAR? Like, because he owns his own team somehow. It's like this crappy equipment. It's like driving like a beater car out there. Like, you can hear, it sounds like a lawnmower engine. He'll come around, turn two. Like, what if he is a bad guy? Your garden cop. Hair looks like he like he like colors it with shoe polish. No one's hair is that black naturally. Chris <laughs> Gaines is. This is this guy is brutal. I resent my support of this man. No, you're a BJ guy. <laughs> I mean, that can nice. <laughs> But his hair is like, like darker than midnight black. Like this is not a natural hair color. No I still way. think Kevin Harvick's your guys, so, like the Bush, the Bush sponsored guy. Yeah. I think that would have to be. Let me see nasty, what that guy like. He's he's fairly normal looking, I guess, compared to the other people we've showed. Yeah, I Kevin, love, I love how so the uh, Harvick, H A R V I C K. He's drafting his favorite, uh, I guess we would call them athletes in this sport, the same way that people are like drafting their fantasy team because Tom Brady's so handsome. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, come on, dude. This guy, this guy looks like he sells like bags of half weed, half oregano. Dude, so that that has to be like henchman from a Batman movie. It's like one of the one of the heavy. Yeah, hold on. No, I'm definitely not a Jeff Gordon guy. All right, this Harvard guy, he's Harvard. This guy looks like just like a suburban dad. This guy definitely wears like those hey dude shoes. He's an intimidate. A lot of people, like when Harvick is in the zone, he's an intimidating dude. This guy, no, I'm like when he he's mean, he is a mean dude. Hold on, he's kind of like he's he's very cutthroat. Hold on, is Danny is Danny Hamlin, Danny Hamlin funny? Like yes, a, yes. So I like Danny this Hamlin. Guy, this guy here. right here yeah. is intimidating. Yeah. yeah. This guy, seriously, this guy looks like he's known for giving out like king size Snickers at Halloween and like kids think he's dope. No, he's he's kind of an ass. Yeah, no, he's... Well, I mean, he had an impossible job because he had to replace Dale Earnhardt. He was the driver of the three car right after Dale. So like that's like a really tough job. All right, this is a picture. So. He's looking a little mean in this picture. Just listen to him on the radio. Like it's... 
Yeah. Oh, he got yeah. into a fight last year. He got in a fight last year with Chase Elliott. You look up Kevin Harvick. That's Chase why Elliott you like him. That's why you like him. Oh, I don't even like him all that much, if I'm honest. Daniel Suarez is my guy. Daniel Suarez is bad. He looks a little small in that video. He looks like, how does he drive the car? Oh, there he is. Oh. Can you guys hear this? No. Oh, you got to get to the part where he's like, they're, they're like pushing each other. They like drive right. him into the hole. <laughs> he goes, what did you say to him? And his first line was, I just told him that that was a chicken shit move. Right, yep. I like, I like this yeah. guy. I like this guy. I like he didn't take guy. no. Sh- yeah. No, Yumper's right. He, he kind of got like the. I don't know. That's more of a Logano guy. Because Logano, like I said, he's kind of a psycho. Like he's like nice, and then all of a sudden he'll go out there and like wreck three people. It's like, yeah, you know, that's just short track racing. Hey. Well, all right. Kevin Harvick has the get off my lawn vibes. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. hold on. In this totally. picture, especially, let me save this picture. I'll pull this one up. But like, yeah. No, he's definitely a get off my lawn type guy. Yeah. No. Although you hit it right in the head. If you read the sign, it says no dunking in the gym. <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me see. Can I pull this one up? Um, one of these weeks, we'll just do a rapid fire through the field. You pull up the photo, I'll give you the three seconds. We should do that for the for like the sixteen that are left for the top sixteen. Yeah, we could. Yeah, honestly, I'd be down. Depends how much time you have. I don't know if this episode's gone on long enough, but easily. This guy, this guy has buried someone in his basement. I mean, that's Mark Tressman. I'm telling you, he's an intimidating oh, dude on the track. This guy, oh, has, this guy has buried someone in his basement. I do love that hat, though. But yes, that's the guy. From, he reminds me of the guy from. Hold on, shoot. <laughs> burn oh, notice. Hold on. Burn notice. He looks like yes. the guy. From burn notice. Or have you ever seen the movie uh, Shot Caller? Like a, a more recent movie with Vigo Morganson in it, and he goes to jail. Ooh, I gotta look this up. I have he, not. He looks like the dude. He's yeah, like Donovan. He looks like the guy that's the the head of the skinheads in the jail at the beginning. You told it. Oh my god, he really does. That's crazy. All right, sorry. So this show's derailed. But... Hold on. Oh, put his picture up again. Put his picture up. All right. Uh, here we go. Okay, now take that down. I got this one. Go back and forth. Wait, where is it? There it is. Camera one. Camera two. Camera two. You're supposed to put up your camera, camera two. two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, that's the guy. That's the yeah. guy. That's the exact guy I was talking yeah. about. He plays the head skinhead in that movie I was talking about. That's the guy. That's it. Yep. That's who he looks like. 100%. Exactly. But this dude definitely has someone buried underneath his like basement. Yep. Yep um bottles yes uh all right so for nascar mitch the good reverend fids although i'm zo uh stop being shitty humans and uh we'll see you guys next week <laughs> rebuild of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound or the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the
what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy, yeah.